Hello, and welcome to the Chief Home Officer Podcast. My name is Thomas, and this is a podcast about being a stay-at-home dad. I intend to explore the many facets of this important job and hope you join the conversation. You can contact me at chiefhomeofficerpodcast at gmail.com. I also have a Facebook and Twitter account, and you can use that email address to find me on those social networks. I am a father of two awesome kids, a three-year-old girl and a four-year-old boy. I have a wife who is very dedicated to her job and works very hard at it. And uh, we moved from the Midwest to the San Francisco Bay Area in August of 2012. In that previous life, I worked three 12-hour shifts a week, which allowed me to be home with the kids uh, the other four days of the week. So I'm no stranger to being with the kids all day. But with my wife's morning commute time and new responsibilities at work, my wife is away and I am at home a lot more often than before the move, so I feel like this is still a new paradigm for us. Uh, The Bay Area is great for being a stay-at-home dad. Uh, There's a lot to do outdoors, and the weather is great most of the time. My son has asthma and was unable to play outdoors in the cold winters of the Midwest, so being able to play outside year-round was a drastic improvement for us, Uh, especially now that they're both older and have more energy. uh, Staying indoors all day long was just not an option anymore, and we've enjoyed this move tremendously. Um, I decided to do a podcast because I really love the format. I listen to a lot of podcasts, um, particularly while driving and while doing chores around the house. Um, I don't have time to read anymore. I used to enjoy that quite a bit, but there's just no time um, except for you know reading children's books at bedtime. Um, I use the Stitcher app on my iPhone and mainly listen to NPR shows like This American Life and Radio Lab. Um, wait, wait, don't tell me is pretty funny. Um, Science Friday and The Moth, Um, and recently I picked up uh, Fresh Air. I like that show a lot, too. Um, I love This American Life and The Moth uh, because being home with the kids all the time, I have little exposure to other adults, and these programs expose me to other people's stories and perspectives on life and I feel like that's important for me, especially because I often have a hard time thinking outside of what affects me and my life. And being a father, I think it's important for me to uh, exercise that. Um, it's good practice for me to put myself in other people's shoes. Um, the problem for me as a dad is relating to a child's mindset. I've probably said at least a hundred times, Um, If you could just tell me what you're crying about, maybe I could help you. And I hope I'm not the only one that's ever said that. Um, So the purpose of this podcast uh, for me is to open up a dialogue about parenting. And I hope to inform you and entertain you at the same time. Um, I find that talking about things out loud uh, provides me with a clarity about how I actually feel about things as if there were like some kind of barrier between myself and my emotions that can only be broken down by being forced to verbalize what I'm actually thinking. Um, And I hope that while I am uh, improving myself in this way, I can help 
some of you along the way too. I want to talk briefly about something that I ran into uh, as a dad. Um, because I don't know how I feel about certain subjects, I sometimes get caught during teachable moments not knowing what to say uh, to a three- and a four-year-old. Um, for example, there's an elderly German man who comes by our house every once in a while um, on his daily walk, and he'll stop um, and talk to me and the kids if we happen to be outside. And um, one day he was wearing a, a dress, um, and my son started to ask me some pretty deep questions about um, men wearing dresses, and I had no idea what to say to him. Um, should I have said, uh, men should not wear dresses, or men can wear dresses but are going to be mocked? Um, he can wear whatever he likes, but you're not allowed to wear dresses, or you can wear whatever clothes you feel best in. Now, some of you may hold the opinion that I'm overthinking this, but here's the thing. Childhood memories are quite tricky. Uh, I have very distinct memories from my early childhood that may have shaped who I am. Um, I can remember when I was three, uh, going to my grandmother's house um, when my parents were on vacation and my grandmother would watch me and um, she would play this Donald Duck card game with me and I remember her letting me win um, every time we played. And uh, I, I also remember when I was four, um, I, I woke up from a nap and my sister came in my room and told me that my grandma had passed away. Those are pretty early ages to be forming those um, pretty solid memories, and I can still see the colors in my room and the smell, the the summer air, and everything. It's very distinct for me. Um, and I also remember one day in preschool having a very embarrassing experience. Um, there was a girl in my class that I remember uh, thinking she was very cute. And she always wore dresses, and every once in a while she would do cartwheels, and uh, I would see her underwear and get a strange feeling in my bathing suit area. And I remember telling my teacher about this and getting uh, the stare down and the, the stern look and a dismissal quite quickly. And I felt very ashamed and cried until my mom came to pick me up. And... I struggled for a long time with the feeling of shame every time I had an attraction to a girl. So it kind of freaks me out that, uh, you know, these memories can be formed solidly so early in life, and I am responsible for shaping a lot of the memories of my two kids, these very special people that I have in my life. Um... I would love for you as an audience to join the conversation and tell me what you think, offer up some advice, um, and uh, it, or at least you know join the dialogue. Just get the ball rolling on new conversations. Give me some suggestions for other topics that you'd like to hear about. Um, before I go, I'd like to tell you about my kids just a little bit. My daughter just turned three, but graduated from 18-month clothes to 2T clothes. She's a tiny little thing, but healthy as a horse. 
Um, she's never been sick in her life except for a few ear infections in her first year. She's a typical girl in that her emotions are right on the edge at all times. Uh, stressful situations escalate extremely fast for her. And when I say stressful, I mean the toddler stressful. Like, uh, you know, if I'm on the phone and she's trying to show me a castle she just built with her blocks, it goes straight from, Dad, look at my castle, to all out sobbing, screaming, throwing a hissy fit because I haven't looked at her uh, within a second of her telling me. She cries at the drop of a hat, but when she is sweet, she is a sweet girl. She loves to give hugs and kisses and tell me that she loves me, and she's she can be a very, very sweet girl. Um, she loves anything to do with princesses. Uh, last year when I asked her what she wanted for Christmas, it was a princess car and a princess watch and a princess cup and a princess computer and so forth. My son is four, um, and he is basically what I've always thought of as a classic uh, boy. He is very energetic and loves to climb to the highest point of the jungle gym and jump, which scares the crap out of the parents that are around me, but I've seen him do it a hundred times, and I know he can tuck and roll uh, like a parachutist. He loves to build towers and destroy them in fantastic ways, like uh, hitting them with a sword or blowing them down with dragon fire, um, which kind of drives me insane when I have to fish all of the blocks out from underneath the couch. But it's kind of fun to join him every once in a while. Um, very loving and constantly telling me and his sister that he loves us and gives us hugs and wraps up little presents and pieces of paper for us to open and pretends to give us birthday cake. Um, he loves anything to do with Angry Birds. Uh, when he uses the iPad, um, he watches videos on YouTube of people playing Angry Birds or making Angry Bird cupcakes or opening Angry Birds toys and playing with them or describing them. Um, I love my kids very much, and, uh, you know, 99% of the time, I thoroughly enjoy being a father, um, which is why I'm doing this podcast, so. I find science fascinating. Um, I'm not educated in science other than human health science, but I listen to a lot of science programs and watch NOVA. Um, and I like to believe that watching Big Bang Theory has somehow taught me some physics as well. By the way, I watched the new episode last night called uh, Closet Reconfiguration, and it was actually a really touching episode. Um, one of the characters had his dad walk out on him, and they, all of his friends get together, and like, I don't know, I'll let you watch it, but actually, it's usually really funny, but that that episode kind of touched me. Um, so anyways, um, back to my point. At the end of every um, podcast, I will be providing a random interesting science fact. Uh, interesting to me, anyway. Um, this week's random fact is how helium makes your voice sound different. I'm sure most of you have uh, done this or at least heard someone um, take a helium balloon and inhale the helium and then uh, speak in a funny, squeaky voice. And I, I remember thinking about this as a kid, how that works, and 
So as a kid, I remember asking an adult how this happened, and I was told that the helium lifts my voice box, making it sound higher. And that is totally wrong. Uh, this is how it works, uh, as far as my understanding of it. Um, you, you've heard of sound waves before, and your voice, um, what other people hear, is made out of sound waves. Sound waves have to travel through a substance. Um, they actually act upon the molecules that they travel through, and if there was no air uh, for the sound to travel through, there would be no sound, uh, which is probably why you've heard no one can hear you scream in outer space. There's no air uh, for the sound waves to travel through. Uh, so the air that we uh, breathe is made of about 78% nitrogen, and nitrogen is seven times more dense than helium. Uh, it's more thick, and sound waves are able to travel through helium a lot faster than through nitrogen. Um, so when you inhale helium and speak, uh, your voice is traveling partially through that thinner medium, and its increased speed makes it sound like a higher pitch. Uh, so that's how helium works on your voice. So once again, my uh, email address is chiefhomeofficerpodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. And you can also find my Facebook and Twitter accounts using that email address. Um, thanks for listening. The next podcast I'll be discussing uh, the use of handheld devices like the iPad um, as entertainment and education for toddlers. So please join the conversation. Give it a listen. Talk to you later.